0: Look again at that dot, that's here, that's home, that's us, on it everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization. Every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived here on a moat of dust suspended in sunbeam. These are the immortal words of Carl Sagan from his book Pale Blue Dot. That obscure little white speck you see in the middle of all the nothingness is our home planet, Earth. Somewhere on that speck is us. After the world came out of the throes of a short man with a funny mustache, trying to establish his political supremacy in what was called the World War II, two superpowers emerged, the USA and the Soviet Union. The next five decades were marked by these supreme nations engaged in a battle for military supremacy, ideological supremacy, And intellectual supremacy and this war did not stop on land. Space was the next battleground. While the Cold War deserves a lengthy piece of its own, it's a story full of spies, betrayals, media, corporate and land tussles and once when the world almost ended with the Cuban Missile Crisis, we are going to focus on the most fascinating and to be honest the most fruitful outcome of this war, the Space Race. The Space Race was a decade-long battle between the USA and the Soviet Union in which both countries tried to one-up each other with their technological developments, aiming to establish their superiority in space flight. It began with the USSR launching Sputnik 1, the first-ever artificial satellite from Earth, in October 1957, and thus began a series of back-to-back wins for the USSR, with them achieving a host of firsts, including the Sputnik 2, the first satellite to take a dock to space, the first mission to leave Earth's orbit with Luna 1, and the first probe to the moon with Luna 2. The most spectacular of these firsts was when the Soviets sent the first ever human to fly in space, Yuri Gagarin. It was an incredulous time for Soviet spaceflight. But this did not bode well with our quintessential, chest-thumping Americans. And thus came the turning point in this exhilarating story, US President John F. Kennedy's Moon Speech of 1961 in which he vowed to put NASA astronauts on the moon before the end of the decade. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. The speech kicked off NASA's ambitious Apollo program. While the Apollo program had its own astounding wins and irreplaceable losses, it finally helped the Americans triumph over the Soviets in the space race, when NASA's Apollo 11 mission put the first humans on the moon. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It was a truly astonishing time, with the entire world enamoured with space exploration and what it could mean for us as a species. It was a world of tomorrow. We, as a race, were full of dreams, inspired to craft a future we could be proud of. We would have been on an exponential higher spectrum of technological advancement at the same rate of growth in space tech development of the 60s maintained over the decades that followed. But all of the spaceflight advancement of the 60s was catalyzed by basic, raw, tribal instincts that are embedded deep within our genes. The want to be a part of a tribe, and the want for that tribe to dominate another. The same instinct that drives the insane fandom of sporting teams across the globe. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. So with the end of the Cold War, marked by the disintegration of the Soviet Union and the USA Prima facing emerging victorious, came the end of the era of space flight development. This marked the beginning of a decade-long slump in the advancement of space exploration. Until, enter Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. These modern-day mythical creatures already have a cult-like following. An explorer in the truest sense of the word, Elon Musk seeks to make space accessible for all. Of his most unorthodox and crazy dreams is to colonize Mars. Yes, This eccentric tweeter wants to die on the red planet and not on impact. But the journey to Mars is not an easy one. The first hurdle is mobility. Apart from the fact that the red planet is 150 million kilometers away. That's 3,750 times around the earth, does not have an atmosphere and has temperatures which go down to minus 125 degrees Fahrenheit. The cost to send one probe here costs $74 million. Now, a rocket costs approximately $2.5 billion, way more than the cost of a probe. And the fact that these rockets are like a one-time use-and-throw thing don't really attract the best investors around the world. Imagine if every time an airplane carried you from point A to point B, it would have to be discarded. If every journey would render it unusable, imagine how much it would cost the airlines per passenger. The airlines would obviously have to charge the whole cost of the Airbus from you making it unaffordable. Traveling via air wouldn't make economical sense if planes could only take off once, if they were not reusable. That's what the problem with rockets was. Rockets were not reusable. There was no way to make a rocket land back on Earth once it went out into space. The rocket parts were doomed debris, floating around in endless space. This is a problem that Musk and SpaceX solved. After three failed experiments with the Falcon launches and the company almost going bankrupt, they were finally able to achieve what history will remember as the first stepping stone to colonizing Mars. Falcon landed safely on a seapad in December 2015. After successfully establishing that rockets could land back on Earth, the God of Nerds was not done yet. He had another great idea. Musk runs another company, Tesla Motors, which makes electric cars. Currently, it is the most valuable automobile company in the world, though some people see it as a tech company obsessed with self-driving or autonomous cars. What better way to market a car than to put it on a rocket and launch it into space? That is exactly what Musk did. There's a beautiful red Tesla Roadster orbiting in outer space right now. All of this would satisfy a mere model, but not Musk. The monopoly of NASA in space tech was dwindling. SpaceX made sure that it no longer existed. On 30th May 2020, SpaceX launched two living humans into space. They are safely docked into the International Space Station, another first. The gates to space tourism are now open. While Musk is a dreamer, there is another man wanting to dominate space commerce. His best-known quote, Your margin is my opportunity goes to depict the aggression with which he and his company enter a market. Competitors lose their sleep. Investors want to hide their money and go to sleep. When he enters a market, he doesn't dominate it. It disrupts it. Jeff Bezos has a particular set of skills. Skills which he has acquired over a long and successful career, which have made him one of the richest men in human history. Of those, the most important one is to see things in a very, very long time frame not 10 or 15 years, centuries. And with that lens, he considers Blue Origin his most important project. Yes, this pre-revenue, cash-burning company is more important to him than his trillion-dollar behemoth, Amazon. Every year, Bezo sells a substantial chunk of his shares in Amazon to invest in Blue Origin. What drives him is not just the scream of a starry-eyed boy who saw American footprints on the moon growing up, but also a very basic economic idea. We are building a road so you can build a future. If you take civilization's current energy consumption and compound it at a conservative rate of 2%, there will come a point in a few hundred years when the entire Earth will have to be covered in solar cells to generate the energy required to feed its population. Either that or human civilization will become a civilization of stasis. And that is not something worth looking forward to especially when you have an innovate-or-die mindset like Bezos. What if all of Earth could be reserved only for residential purposes? And all heavy manufacturing industries could move somewhere else? Somewhere in the skies? In space? Whoa! Sounds like science fiction. Sounds like Bezos. Bezos' Blue Origin aims to move all heavy manufacturing and warehousing to space. Talk about a first-mover advantage. Interestingly, machines will not wear and tear in zero gravity. If Bezos has his way, soon the tags on all our favorite merchandise will say Made in Space. When your gratification-hungry mind forces you to click that track your order button, you might end up seeing the entering outer earth atmosphere update. Now that's an economic future worth rooting for. But why space exploration? Humanity has a lot on its plate right now. Pandemics, climate change, poverty, illiteracy, gender and racial discrimination, the list goes on and on. Skeptics could question, is space exploration really worth our attention right now? Don't we have bigger problems to solve? Does it make sense to spend billions of dollars without any predictability of returns in the future? When viewed through the lens of traditional investment frameworks, space exploration is unlikely to fare well. Heck, most finance professionals would argue that space exploration as an investment fails almost all the rules that decide whether an investment makes monetary sense or not. But. As Musk puts it, when something is important enough, you do it even when the odds are not in your favor. You risk failure, you tolerate failure, you overcome failure. When asked why he wanted to climb Mount Everest, the great British explorer George Mallory said, because it is there. He was the first, and he died trying. We'll never know whether George Mallory reached the summit or not, but we know he made the effort in the hope to be on the top of the world. Humans are explorers. The fact that we have survived on a planet full of ferocious forces of nature is because we dared to explore. Greek mythologists believe that when the Pandora's box was opened on Earth, all the evil spirits of greed, jealousy, fear and revenge attached themselves to humans. The sadistic gods left only one undying positive emotion. Hope. Against all odds, we hope. Hope is what pines are raised together. And that's what space exploration offers in abundance. Hope. Thanks to these extraordinary men, now the question is no longer about if humans can conquer space, but when. While as mortals worry about surviving the present, these demigods are busy building a hitherto, unimaginable future. The economics have started making sense. Soon, we'll be taking space vacations. Soon, We'll have factories in space. Soon, we'll be watching advertisement amongst the stars. And soon, we'll become an interplanetary species. Until then, read on.